in the words of Public Enemies, Chuck D, in the noise. Fifth Ending Podcast Network. I'm Charlie Taylor, and this is Boss Gib. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. Um, yeah, it's been a pretty chill week for me. Not too bad. So, you know, I think last week for me personally was a bit of a bit of a, bit of a drag, as as you can imagine. Um, even with even with all the lockdown stuff, you know, what I mean, I just feel like I just felt like progress was very slow for me personally. Um, I've, I feel like this whole thing really encourages uh, sloth-like behaviour, <laughs> and uh, I think I dipped into that like last week. I, I really dipped into, it. I leaned into that. Um, so yes, I think I think it's very easy to do that, and uh, you know, I think re- regardless of you know what you uh, what you feel like doing or what you need to be doing um, or what you feel like you need to be doing. Um, it's very easy to just not do anything. It really is. That's the one thing I'm learning out of most of this. Uh, but regardless of that, it's all good. Can't complain. I'm healthy. I'm breathing. It's all good. Shout out to you guys if you are good as well. Um, so yeah, uh, this is part two of Mind If You with Rick Flo. Um, if you, well, goes without saying, but if you haven't listened to the last episode, I highly suggest you do. Because um, obviously the whole thing basically, I literally just split the whole interview in half, like, there's no, there wasn't much editing to it, you know what I mean, yeah, so, <laughs> there's no, there's no trickery here, just, uh, you know, you listen to one part, and then you listen to the other, simple as that, so it's a straight, it's a straight, um, you know, he ended the, we ended the last interview with uh, him talking about uh, the origins of the Jungle Brown name, uh, the group that he is part of, um, and yeah, we basically just go off that and uh, talk more about music, uh, more about um, their recent album Full Circle, uh, being uh, being uh, signed to a label in A-Way, not fully, but in A-Way, you'll, you'll get that once, uh, once we get into it, and uh, yeah, we actually, and we also get into his top five, of course, we obviously didn't last time, because it was part one, but part two, we definitely get that top five at the end, and it's a tasty one, as always, so, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a great episode, um, if you're, if you're into the music thing, um, I think you get some good gems here, obviously, beforehand, it was a very enlightening, as it pertains to his personal story, but for this part, it's mainly all about music, and, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's right, obviously right in his wheelhouse, so uh, uh, he he, talk, he talks in great detail, which I love. Uh, so yeah, let's just jump right in, formatties before we begin. Email, Twitter, IG, Facebook's all there in the description below. Discord link as well if you want to join and join the conversation outside of this sphere. Um, and yeah, this is part two of my conversation with Mr. Rick Flo. Hope you guys enjoy I th- uh, for me personally, in terms of uh, my listening of you guys, um, well, actually, no, it's just uh, I didn't even I didn't even say this before. Um, but the first time I came on to you guys was um, when I went to see uh, Master at Jazz Cafe last year. Oh, see, yeah, yeah man, okay. yeah, man. So I, 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 
I'm one of those people that like to be there for support acts just in case like I can guess about someone saying like I saw them before they were popping. Um yeah. I'm half joking, that's not the reason, but like it's <laughs> I do I do enjoy it, you know. I'm going the, you know, you go for you go to a show for music, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be there just for the headline, you know, maybe the support slap as well and you know. Yeah. I, uh, there's a lot of vice yeah make the most yeah of it. exactly exactly there's, and you know for me personally like, i've been quite kind of lucky because like, there's been a lot of um there's been a lot of support acts i've seen um in the in the past few years that like have just you know either popped or just like um or just keep doing good music and i'm a fan of those uh fan of those people personally like um you know uh i saw uh i saw kano Oh god, like four yeah. four years ago now, something like that. I was at uni at the mm. time in Southampton, and like um, Little Sims um, uh, supported uh, supported him, and I was oh, like, "Oh really? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, man. It was before yeah, she it was before she dropped her that. second album, and I was just like, and uh, she's like literally past Kendrick, like my favorite rapper right now. Honestly, is it? Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I think she's incredible mm. in the sense of like even that you know Jungle Brown and me navigating as a solo artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing people like Little Sims thriving is is what what gives me hope <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. so like yeah no i love i love i love little sims what what she, just the, the way she conceptualizes her work yeah, um and just yeah she's she, at the end of the day i look at her like a uk lauren hill like so okay I, yeah i love it i love it i did not think of it like that that's interesting hmm yeah because i i in in the sense obviously she's not I, I was an amazing singer, but in the right, sense yeah. of like her spirit and the way mm-hmm. she she goes about, because the thing is, there's a lot of female rappers. Uh, well, you know, there's more. There's been more emphasis on female rappers in the last few years, especially with, um, you know, culturally, uh, when it comes to you know equal pay and women's rights and stuff like that. Yeah, like the demand the, the is conversation there. Conversation of. The demand is there, you know, even on the festival lineups, you know, yeah, yeah. you're hearing these conversations of, all right, take every male act off the lineup um, at a festival and see how many women there is. And, you know, how, like a lot of the time there was none mm-hmm. or one. So, and and the one person is usually Annie Mack. So it's like, <laughs> you know, these, these, these conversations are there. So when it comes to uh, the female rappers, let's say in the UK, um, without mentioning names, they're all great. But it just feels like they're almost like abiding to what like a stereotypical man wants, if you know what I mean, or like, right. or like, or like, or they're like a kind of a Nicki Minaj copy. Like, mm. I, so it's almost like you know when you hear Little Sims, you can tell she's not from a Nicki Minaj. Uh, 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 catalyst it feels a bit deeper than that yeah. um, her messaging feels a bit deeper than that so that's why I, I do the Lauren Hill comparison because if there's anyone that's close to um, the Lauren Hill vibe it's her and Rhapsody thanks yeah I yeah, know um, I had this conversation recently it was just um, talking about that kind of thing and you know how there there can be I guess like um, stereotypes in that fashion um, I think I think the I think the conversation that also needs to be thrown in along with that is like you know, um, and you and you kind of uh, got to it a little bit 
um, on the male side where it's just like, you know, money, hopes and clothes, you know, and mm. even though all of these things can be, you know, all of the, all of these things exist, right? Mm. You know, mm. the Nicki Minaj types, their lives are, they exist. The Cardi B types, they exist. Yeah, 100%. As does... I mean, Lil' Kim is a big catalyst of that. I- so exactly, like, you know? It's a lineage. Exactly. So, you know, these, these, these lives exist. And it's the same on the male side as well. But it is kind of interesting how we don't, how we uh, just uh, um, throw that conversation in with women, but, like, rarely with men. And even if we do, um, mm. it's... It's, 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 we stop at we stop at the conversation and don't um, and don't stop by the listening or you know uh, <laughs> or like consume or consuming work. You know what I mean? Not yeah, not not, sure. not I'm asking for a call to arms against uh, all money, hose and clothes uh, kind of rappers, but like it's just this it, is how I this is how I personally like to see things. It's like you know if you guys if you guys may enjoy it, but it's just like you know. It's not, it's not, it's not the, it doesn't account for, I don't know, even 5% of uh, whoever's listening's kind of actual daily yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've watched, yeah, we talked about underdogs briefly yeah, earlier, yeah, right? Yeah. So I remember uh, in the earlier part of the documentary, I think within literally the first 10, 15 minutes, they talked about how, all right, cool. It's great that you have the music for the clubs on the Friday, right. but then when it hits Saturday, Sunday, we need that. We need that food, yeah. you know. We need that good food. Yeah. So it's almost like I just want that balance to be there. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Kendrick, J Cole are serving it up, but uh, you know, there's more of us, and especially from a UK perspective. So it's it's great to hear little Sims, yeah. Koji Radical, Shay Lingo. Um, yeah, man. Um, just you know, like yeah, Lil Kana, Barney Artist, like yeah, just yeah, just yeah. to hear more of them voices that feels a bit more closer to home because you know drills all good like I, i'm not i'm not against any kind of uh uh music genre like my thing is just can we just open up the gates to different perspectives yeah. so it doesn't feel like it's just one-sided yeah. that's so yeah know. yeah for sure but yeah no it's, it's i've i've had that i've had that um i've been kind of planting that flag um, and how I talk about hip hop these days, especially in UK hip hop right now, the fact that I can say UK hip hop and we know what we're talking about is kind of mm-hmm. um, it's kind of good. Um, like many artists you mentioned, I've you know recently got into in the past couple of years, like Che Lingo, literally like a month ago, and it's like mm-hmm. and it's it's good that it's a the ability to find these kind of people and you know groups such as yourself is just like it's. It is good, and you know, in in the case of um, in the case of you guys going back to the mastery show, it's just like uh, I I didn't know I I just saw Jungle Brown there, and I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> didn't know what didn't know what the uh, didn't want what the sound was, didn't know nothing, and it was just like you, mm. you guys come in with that energy, and I'm just like, ah, uh, cool. Found another one. It's all good. So I just, just add that onto the list. The long, the yeah. ever the ever growing list is great to me. Um, but yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> ah, this, this these conversations are fucking crazy. I've, I've been I've been I've been having uh, I've been having these conversations in the past like few weeks, and it's just been uh, super bored. And, and this is uh, just another notch to be honest. I'm loving it.
but yeah, let's, uh, let's I guess uh, talking to um, uh, more specifics of uh, Jungle Brown music. Um, yeah. Obviously, at that point, uh, I think you guys announced that an album was coming, which obviously came became full circle. But obviously, you had one before mm-hmm. that in Flight yeah. Three Fourteen. Um, yeah. Why the uh, why why the concept of like a flight? Because obviously, you guys have the um, uh, don't even, don't you want to call it skits? I guess in case of just like um, having like yeah. a flight attendant, doom, doom, you know stuff like that. Well, what was the <laughs> yeah. what was the um, what was the goal for that album and uh, the um, and that concept of like flying? I guess you know what, like music is a it's almost Tony Bones actually said this to me yesterday. It's uh, although we wanna. Uh, formulate the process in a linear way like all right this is the subject and this is what I'm going to speak about like to a certain extent that's not really that creative because it's already premeditated from your storyboard right it's almost like the the beauty of creativity is like you're actually trying to figure out the puzzle you have no clue what is going on but you're trying to figure it out so like when it comes to how flight 314 was made it was we just made the songs we saw there was some connection to flying or something. And then I told my ex, my girlfriend at the time, I was like, hey, can you be a flight attendant? Because we've got this idea about <laughs> t- taking people on a journey, essentially, right. of music. Uh-huh. Um, and um, yeah, I want you to be the air hostess. I've got the script. Just, just say it out. <laughs> so like that is it came from literally a place of let's make the music. Then we saw that there was a connection to music about we want to take people on a journey. Then we're like, all right, let's make that journey a flight. And then 314, um, I I think we're just having some deep conversation in the studio again. I don't know, the boys were probably smoking and we said about, (laughs) oh yeah, well, we're taking people on a journey. It's going to be like, like, uh, like we're going, we're going around the, 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 the pie of life. Oh, the pie of life, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what like, like three one four, like in maths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flight three one four. That definitely sounds like a hits blunt conversation. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's mad. That's that's how it come about. So um, yeah, man. And then I yeah, cause I yeah, do the graphics and um, I was just really into the detail with like I literally was gonna get like a flight attendant ticket and I was gonna make the album cover like a ticket mm. and I was gonna go but then it didn't look as good so we just went to Kew Gardens and made us look like we're in the jungle um, so um, yeah man that's that's how it came about and then we just wanted to uh, in a in a random kind of way we wanted to keep that sort of theme there um, so full circles literally yeah. I'm, we're basically just saying pie again, but um, yeah, you, you're hearing more of our story. Um, and then if and when the next project happens, I remember uh, the producer next door to our studio unit was like, all right, cool. So maybe the next project's called Sank in the Middle because you like, already went full circle. What about going into the into the pie itself? I was like, all right, yeah, let's see. Even though I don't like the name saying in the middle, but you know that we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes. You know, music can only be a reflection of how you feel at the time. So we will we may reinvent ourselves like Kanye's done about ten hundred times, uh-huh. or who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, no. Nah, so that, that that stuff was completely on a whim. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's brilliant. I I do 
only find that interesting like um uh there's, there's sometimes when like i ask guys like why did you name it this uh why why is it this stuff like that and it's just just everyone everyone is just like a basically a five minute shrug emoji that's all it is to me it's just like yeah yeah we just did it it's just there's there's no symbolism no nothing it's just it's just it exactly even take one the first uh ep yeah 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 uh, yeah, ep that's uh, you know Bandcamp for free like it's called take one because literally i guess the idea is that we do it in one take um our verses but there's no meaning beyond that it's just did was it all in one take um i mean the ep wasn't done in one take that would be pretty sick um but it was more the fact that say i I, the way i record now especially by myself because i haven't you know i pretty much engineer it myself at home um i i do the little wayne process of i just put it on loop and i keep on doing takes and i take the best snippets of every take Um, whereas uh, back then, take one times, um, based on our knowledge and kind of competing with each other as MCs, we're like, no, we just got to do the best take in one take. So even though, yes, we might do eight takes, um, I would typically get my best take between three takes. Right. I I'll always think like third time lucky, that was my best take. Mm. But yeah, generally it was like, there was no... Um, uh, f- like filling in or chopping up from different takes we literally what you hear with take one and I guess what adds to the rawness of it is that um, we everything was done in one take um, and then yeah obviously we could do layers and ad-libs but the, the, the essence of how we recorded wasn't yeah um, chopped up it was literally just one take and I and I think at that time especially the MC that used to be in it we're listening to Amy Winehouse Frank and we're kind of romanticizing over the recording process of the 70s and how you wouldn't be able to do half of the things you could do today so let's just get that essence that was even like we don't even have conversations like this now but like oh you know Wu-Tang were recording on a condenser mic we should be doing it on condenser mics <laughs> to get that feel rather than a, a dynamic mic and then we'll be arguing about that it's just like look we can get the noise and the crackle in, um, in post like no no you don't, let's not do it in post let's do it all analog uh, I was yeah. like, but we're doing it digitally anyway and you know, we used to have like yeah all these like random like conversations although they're quite fruitful to be honest because it informed you know the way we move forward with the sound and a part of the identity yeah of of how of how we do our thing, but yeah, that that that's yeah, that gives you an idea of the recording process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, argumentative and uh, competitive, but thriving, I guess, in in three words. Yeah, on the most part, it was fruitful. I mean, apart from obviously, as I said, one of them MCs has left, um, but it was his choice, and. Um, Although I take from the other MC more vibes rather than, you know, bars, bars. At the end of the day, regardless of how people look at the kind of... uh, The wordplay of rap and all that. Essentially, you need to be able to work with people that are actually relatively easy to work with. Right. (laughs) So, 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 So the dynamic of the group now, although we have our bickering and 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 uh, creative differences generally the vibe of going into the studio is a lot more positive and it's a lot more especially the way i've come to learn how to 
uh, create the energy of a workshop for foster kids. Yeah. It's a lot more in line with that. There's no, you know, egos coming in and like, oh, your verse is shit and this, this and that. It's like, no, nah, if you ain't got constructive criticism, like, allow it yeah. because well, I'm not I'm not in here to compete with you. This is a process for all of us as a group. Right. And if I'm not feeling it, fuck it. I don't need to be here. I'll just go and do my thing at home. So, like, I'm glad that that energy is not there no more because, to be honest, although it did create some interesting um, music, um, uh, from the competitive side, I, in the in the long run, it was very difficult to work with because, you know, you can't actually create that much if you're feeling stagnated in your space, if you're feeling constricted. So yeah, um, yeah, what happened happened for the best. Um, so yeah, that's fair. Actually, now that you're saying, now that you're saying that, um, and. You know, trying to think back to like listening to Full Circle and stuff like that. Um, it does seem um, the vibe does seem different mm. in how I listen to it uh, compared to the previous works. Um, mm. In just how there's a um, there's a there's a set focus, whether it's the whole album itself or in a particular um, song. So like um uh like Time Ticks, for example, one of my favorite mm. tracks of the album. Um, you know, it's it's it obviously has that concept of just like time's ticking away, you know, I wanna do I wanna do stuff but stuff this mm-hmm. is in the way or whatever and you know, what you're trying to do with your time, I guess. Um it it does seem much more um it does seem much more focused and in my mind, um, better work because of that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that you, uh, that, that you say that in terms of how the dynamic changed between albums. Yeah, no, you're right. It is, it is a much more, um, put together project. I would say though, just, just so, um, I'm not be boosting my ego, <laughs> you know, obviously the people that know, uh, full circle before we license it to the label, they would know that Keep It Moving and We On was on Flight 314. So Okay. Yeah, in the original that like so basically the label took what they saw as the best tracks from Flight 314 and put it on full circle. So even that's why there, it feels probably there's too many skits on Flight 314. And Flight 314, like, the way it is online, it doesn't even make sense to me. But, you know, I don't really listen to it anymore. But if people have got the vinyl, they they would have the original version to keep it moving and we on. And they would and they would see how it is a bit more put together. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, you could almost say like... Uh, Full circles, almost like the greatest hits of Jungle Brown so far. <laughs> okay, not even the greatest hits, but <laughs> it's taken their hits off of uh, Flight Three One Four because the label wanted it, mm. and um, and then. But I would say the order. Um, I, I love the sequencing. Even though I read a review and I was saying about how they didn't like how I don't know, keep it moving went to Wicked, or I, I can't remember what they were saying. Anyway. <laughs> But 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 overall, I just loved how, in the sense of what full circle means to me, is kind of we're trying to show the the full circle of 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 life and emotion. Yeah. 
Flight, Flight 314 was a very boom bap project and it was boom bap because it was at the time and that's just the way it is. Even though I was listening to Selection and K Trinada, it wasn't necessarily the mutual vibe of the group. Whereas Full Circle were more, were more open to influences um, from all of us. So yeah. that's why a has got, you know, Afrobeat vibe. You know, we can't deny we didn't listen to house when we were younger and just I guess you know the K Trinado thing as I was saying um and you know trap and mm. uh, whatever whatever so so that's why I feel like it's a more authentic project to me because it actually shows that we're not just trying to resurrect the 90s like <laughs> we're we're eclectic in our taste yeah. and regardless of you know what the label says or what anyone thinks that's what we really want to show right. um, because that's that's who we are yeah no I think um, I think it's very easy um, for for well, actually, I don't, I don't even know if it's for other people, but for me personally, I do um, clock when someone's adding a sound because it's popping, or they're adding a sound because that's what they um, that's what they either grew up on, or that's what they're really inspired by in the moment. Um, I do think those two things are very exclusive. Um, but for you guys, I, I, I also talking about that album. I was just uh, that was a main takeaway immediately when I finished it. It was just like there isn't just um, you know um, uh, traditional hip hop sounds. It's sort of, like you said. It also has Afrobeats and stuff like that, and, and other things. And um, it's interesting you talk about uh, how Keep Moving Me On was actually on. Uh, three one four. I didn't even cl- I didn't even clock that to be honest. But like, um, that's 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 very interesting. In talking about that, um, I've always been in- I've always had this um, um, for people that have listened to other episodes of the of the show, it's just like my fascination with like, um, people that arrive for independent or sign on to um, uh, grassroots labels. I guess in that, in how you want to word it or major labels yeah. or whatever. How do you um, how do you gauge that um, in terms of uh, how uh, that works? I guess does it does it throw any spanners in the works for you personally, or um, do you just consider it just like a a net positive? I guess. I mean, you'd have um, to say that. <laughs> not, yeah, to, not to throw you in nah, some shit, but yeah. No, 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 it's all good. So. <laughs> Uh, the label came at the right time. Yeah. I'll say for where Jungle Brown was at, it was it was a good moment because although we would love to be like, oh yeah, sort of independent to a team, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like we did Glastonbury. Because to be honest, like we did Glastonbury, Boomtown, and Lovebox independently. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's good heads. You, you you could say to a certain extent, like yeah, just keep on going. Mm. But what even what I clocked even last night because. I'm into studying hip hop numbers and just understanding this, the madness of this industry is that to, to a certain extent, like that you get to a threshold and you, you like, you can't, 
it's quite hard to get past that barrier. Like, so for us, it's like, yeah, we got all these festivals, but you know, we're still working other jobs. You know, it's just that uh, when like we're known for our passion and we get some money from our passion, but the money from our passion goes straight back into the to the passion to reinvest in new equipment or get vinyls or whatever, whatever. So the label, um, in theory, was a good point because with their connections and being in the industry um, before we were born, it's like hopefully they can get us on radio and get us the leverage that that we need to get to the next level. Yeah. Now, being a year into the deal and and seeing the fruits of what's happened, uh, the interesting thing is, you know, I'm grateful for what the label's done because, you know, we've got Mr. Jam, like Tune of the Week, and we've been played on One Extra and all, all over, like from Radio 1 to Radio 6. Mm. So, and, and just having like vinyls pressed up in Japan uh, and me being a graphic designer, just seeing it in, in Japanese language and Jungle Brown and Full Circle, like it, it's, I, I love it. Like um, it's incredible. Um, but the difficulty um, I would say with the label is that, um, how can I word this? Uh, Take your um, time. <laughs> uh, it's just it's it's not it's not. You, you just need the right the right people and the right contacts let's just say that it's not it's not just you know things haven't on 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 you know our side in the sense of pocket and life things haven't changed that much for mm-hmm. us like we're still do, we're still doing the same things we were doing before right. um i don't i'm not even sure if the numbers have changed that much you know on, online um i it, it's so it's it's a bit of a weird one but in a sense of nothing like oh why did you sign the the the, the album to a label i would say that we had nothing to lose because we already released it independently we literally what we did we took it down and we're like all right you can have it let's see what you do with it so it was like if it was like a thing where it's like oh no this is our pride and joy the world hasn't heard, hasn't heard it why give 50% to a label where we can have it all to ourselves? Mm. We didn't even have that conversation on our head. Our conversation on our head was like, we've had this project out for six months. We've seen what it's done. Um, what have we got to lose by taking it down, getting a little bit of an advance and then someone putting a bit of money behind it to push it themselves and within their context. All right, let's do it. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I would say from what I've seen and you know I don't mind the label hearing this is that we had someone on the inside um on, on the like basically the way I I see how labels work you need you need like a an let's say an A&R or you need someone on the inside who at the label to really be pushing you because the simple factor is this if you've got 50 artists on the label why is the label gonna remember artist forty eight. Yeah, they've got they they got they got another like you know forty nine artists to be remembering every day. Yeah. So unless you've got someone on the inside, aka a manager uh, slash an A and R who's really pushing you within the label, saying, "Hey, we need this budget for a music video. We need to be getting to Quest Love. We need to like we need like if if you haven't got someone who's actually like going out of their way to really push." 
the artist, then you're just going to be shelved. And I'm not saying Jungle Brown was necessarily shelved, but without going into too much, I I have seen um, behind the scenes a, a transition when um, a particular person left Mr. Bongo. Um, and, you know, even if they heard this, you know, I don't think they would mind because it is what it is that, you know, there's differences that happen and people have to move on. But... Mm. Um, even our manager to be honest who's left uh, he left in December as well um, unfortunately but he said he couldn't do anything more for us but you know between them two like there was a there's a yeah there was a clear shift in in in, and how we felt we're being treated so um, it is what it is you know I feel you know obviously we're still in the deal with the album the the, 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 the label have to exploit Mm -hmm what they've signed to to the max so that's why we bought a deluxe uh uh version out quite recently because you know they, they can like when it comes to instrumentals it can reach a different audience and be on chill out lo-fi playlist or whatever it is on spotify yeah. so you know they're still doing the most that they can um to to make the most out of the music um and to be honest to make this sound a bit more positive at the end of the day as i said we have nothing to lose and it's all leverage. Yeah. Like, by contract, we're all solo artists. Um, we're, we're all in control of our freedom as solo artists. So the way it is, is almost like, all right, boom, let's get leverage from Jungle Brown and whatever the label does. But we're lucky that we're in the freedom to do whatever we want as solo artists. So there was a time where we were uh, pushed by, let's say, certain people to not really do our solo music because that's not in their interest and we just need to keep on going with Jungle Brown because we can be like the next high focus, blah, blah, blah. And because to a certain extent, we were unsure of ourselves and we used to listen to this person, we didn't release any solo music. But I'm so glad we haven't got them people around us now because Jungle Brown and what it should have been from the get-go is that we're a collective and we're like odd future. Where 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 individuals who have come together to do music, but we still do individual music, mm. and I think more than ever, especially in 2020, regardless of the current situation that we're in, um, we're 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 showing more of that side of us. Like, hey, look, we're not trying to p- 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 uh, push all of our, let's say, uh, character into Jungle Brown. If you want to hear more about, you know, the ladies' man and 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 what is Mayor season, you go to listen to his solo music if you want to hear about more more about Rick's personal story you go to his solo music if you want to hear more of Tony Burns' production you go to his so regardless yeah of, of you know losing people along the way I'll say we're in a beautiful time where we can do whatever we want um, we have to talk to the label if we want to release any more solo music but by contract any solo any, I mean uh, group music but any new group music that we do we can release independently because they've technically only, they haven't signed us as a collective. They've only signed an album. Mm. So, so we're, we're in a beautiful time where, yeah, literally we can just release whenever, whatever we want, whenever we want and still have leverage from the label doing what they can do um, for, for their interests. So yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, we, 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 that's regardless of, uh, situations of the past as I said before like lessons turn into blessings and I feel there's been a lot of procrastination and a lot of uh, 
moving around in the dark. Mm. But, um, but now we know more about how the industry works. Um, uh, and and now, especially me, just as a like a human being, just having less expectations of anyone of what they can do to for me. I'm just like I'm fully on my kind of kind of Russ strategy of just although I'm not releasing a song every week, um, I'm just in a process of like you know what like I'm in control of my my music and I know how to get beats. Um, uh, from people so let me just engineer the process yeah. at home by myself and I release music on my terms yeah. and, and that's what keeps me happy um, whereas a lot of time before because of you know the labels moving with traditional uh, uh, f- the format of how music should work mm. uh, for let's say the yeah the, the traditional model we're fully aware that music and social media doesn't really work like that and people have five second attention spans and doesn't mean we need to create music for literally people with five seconds attention spans but it's just understanding the climate that we live in and trying to navigate in a way that pleases us so aka what that means for me as a solo artist is like i don't care if a, a radio dj doesn't play me um all i care about is going direct to fans um, through my Instagram, through direct distribution, through Spotify and other digital platforms, yeah. and I'm and I'm happy to build my fan day by day. So you know, I've heard the business model of like all you need is one thousand fans to make a living from what you do. <clears throat> if they buy the merch, you know, and all this stuff like that. So it's like I'm on Netflix. I don't need to be world famous and you know do the, doing this, this, and that. I'm just grateful that you know from the little fans that I have. Um, I could make a living off it or better yet I'm just releasing what I want as art mm. and it's resonating with people so yeah to a certain extent that's uh, <laughs> that's how I see the label situation no, for, no well well, no, well navigated I will say that I'll say that's good, that's good. it's well navigated You mentioned in that um, that there was like I guess uh, a bottleneck in terms of uh, you doing your own solo stuff. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's when the um, <laughs> influx of uh, uh, all the all the all the all the all the singles that um, eventually uh, came into uh, Rise of the Phoenix. Um, yeah, you're right. So, how was that? Uh, how was that bottleneck? And just like, because ex- <laughs> it it seemed to me it was just like there was a an excitement behind yourself in terms of just like I'm, I finally get to you know uh, you know uh, sort this sort this EP out and you know and it, and it had like obviously amazing uh visuals in terms of uh cover art and stuff like that and um yeah you know it's you know not not to gas you up but it's it was very it was very like um i guess uh it it did seem like there was just like a ah like like a a charge like a charge up behind it it was like (laughs) that's the perfect expression for it yeah no definitely 110 percent that is that is that was the mantra that's the energy like 
yeah, you summed it up perfectly. I should even write a bar like that. Uh, <laughs> like the bottleneck, it was a bottleneck situation. It's just like all this pent up frustration of, of, of not being able to update my own personal story mm-hmm. um, because of advice from people I shouldn't necessarily be taking advice from. And, 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 and uh, yeah, it was just learning so much about the industry and, I was like, all right, cool. That's it. 2020. I'm definitely going to do the strategy um, because I've seen I've seen that it works, and 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 it's almost we're in a time where, especially with with digital changing so much, it's like there's no rules. You release when you want to release. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like yeah, Frank Ocean, like you know, one of the you know best writers of our decade is like. He probably releases a project every four years or something stupid, um, <laughs> but like yeah. you know, and and I understand, and and yeah, I, as I said, I understand the industry model. But being in the position that I'm in, I'm not getting industry money. I'm not living from this full time. That you know, I've just done a, I've just done a couple adverts so I can just live free mm-hmm. for the next like couple years. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that position, so it's like it's almost like let's just give more music until saying pops or better yet let's just give more music because i just want to give more music yeah um uh, and update my story as i said so but yeah that's that's the reason um why you see i've seen a slew of releases even the next project that's coming out the next ep um comes out april 3rd wake me up when i get home that the the, the foundation of that was created t- two to three years ago um and I, to be honest, I wasn't sure when that was going to come out because Tony Bones is the producer of that. And because he was so overwhelmed with Jungle Brown and just his scheduling, he, it, it, I was getting frustrated with him to a certain extent, not knowing when a project that I done wrote two, three years ago was going to come right. out. Um, but I would say the beauty of that coming out now is that because regardless of how swift I release music, I, I, I mean what I say. Um, and I don't try and do fillers and just just do things for the moment yeah. necessarily. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of that project um, is that the sentiment of it is it came from trying to understand what home meant to yeah. me. Um, so, you know, post-Brexit and just the irony of just us all being at home, <laughs> I, think, I think this project's going to it's going to resonate quite well and it's going to be very different to Rise of the Phoenix in the sense of as you said Rise of the Phoenix was like a kind of bottleneck and I just need to release this energy whereas Wake Me Up When I Get Home is more calming you could say based on the sentiment um, but also because um, just inspiration wise I was in a different place back then I was I was purposely not trying to um, do too many lyrics so what that, what that means musically is I was trying to uh, sing a bit more um, I was trying to go follow my Umi Says uh, most deaf route um, and just uh, express the soul uh, but uh, do it in a simple fashion because what I find interesting about like um rap and well songwriting more so is that yeah you know as a rapper i can 
and spit all these bars at you. But when I was really studying my my taste, I was listening to Erica Badu mm-hmm. and 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 um, Jill Scott and um, India Irie and just like these kind of. And I know these are ladies and they've got soothing voices, but even the kind of male uh, uh, rappers or melodic people I was listening to is very simplistic, uh, si- how can I say it? Simplistic yet sophisticated songwriting. It's like they don't have to bombard you with words to get across the essential message. So what you're hearing... Um, wake me up when I get home is me trying to channel that more it's like don't try and say too much but get the feeling across um so yeah you're gonna hear more melodies in a literal sense you're gonna hear more melodies me singing a bit more um but yeah it's 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 gonna have the feeling of what um home means to me uh and where we go after that project as I don't want to channel energies from two years ago uh, I don't know but I think I'm gonna pause probably after April from well I don't I don't know we'll see what the future holds I don't want to put too much on the future I was at a point where I wanted to release two songs every month yeah. at the start of the year that was that was my mantra for the start of 2020 but after April um I I I'll, although I'm releasing like freestyles on 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 uh on Instagram and uh you know, obviously, I can just turn them into songs. I got a feeling I'm I'm I might take a break, even if it's for a month or two, because uh, I I I'm going to um, the next project that might might possibly happen, especially well, even if I don't get basically, I'm trying to get a residency in South London in regards to there's a this museum who um, they're an art museum, but they hold like over 2000 instruments from all over the world mm. um and 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 these and just the look of these instruments are incredible um and yeah from brazil like to india to to africa to just everywhere so they 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 got a I literally just before this I filled in a, um the the application for what um yeah basically you get a grant and you have to say how you would use the instruments and how they would help you and what's your connection to south london because the 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 residency is called 696 uh 696 artist residency so 696 is in regards to the form um that stopped black music being played yeah 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 in london clubs Mm. and it's and it's almost indirectly it's supposed to be a response to that slash South London music scene. Yeah. Um, so what I propose to them is, um, obviously with Jungle Brown, we're like jazzy hip hop and just a connection of like Ezra Collective and Steam Down um, and even Moses Boyd, who we perform with. Um, just, just, just that, like if if we connect to anything in, in with London, it's not drill, it's not, I don't know, it's not, like you know jazz jazzy hip hop uh, and the contemporary jazz scene of south london is 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 what we're connected yeah. to the most so i mentioned that in the application but i also mentioned about um my next project after um, wake me up when i get home maybe called shay because shay is my nigerian name right. and i want to use that project to explore my nigerian roots quite literally through the sound so collaborate with not only jazz musicians but um and people from Nigerian descent, nice. but uh, really start to 
uh, used the, the, the instruments um, of of West Africa and really explore the sound and Felakuti and all of this stuff. So mm. um, that's what's going to happen next, um, regardless of the residency or not. But the residency would help because otherwise I don't know where to start. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's... that's um, Although I might take a little bit of a break just to make sure it's going to be a solid project uh, EP, um, that's that's where I think I'm going with it. Oh, sweet, I'm, yeah, man. Nah, it's yeah. I'm not even sure if that even answered your question, but <laughs> yeah, I guess that gives you an idea. I'll tell you, it's fine. <laughs> No, it's funny you say Moses Boyd because I was actually listening to uh, I listened to Dark Matter recently, um, and uh, I was going to actually link it to uh, uh, what you guys were doing in terms of Jungle Brown and uh, Full Circle because like I obviously mentioned the fact that you guys and well you mentioned as well, um, so you did it first, um, talking about like obviously using different sounds and that even though you know you're sticking with you had a foundation of there in terms of like jazz hip hop elements right. But you obviously had, yeah. you know, the Afrobeats and stuff like that thrown inside, uh, thrown in it, in terms of just to add some flavour. And I feel like Moses Boyd did that in terms of his album, 100%. talking about, you know, it was full. It, it was a jazz album. It's a jazz album. Mm. But I heard some garage elements in there. <laughs> I was just 100%. like, I was just like, this is clean. I was just like, I didn't. It yeah. was, it was, it was, you know. It was nostalgic, refreshing at the same time. It was very, it was very yeah, fascinating. No. I, I do like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's different. But we've obviously heard those kind of things, but it's flipped in a different way. I've never heard that kind of shit mm. in a jazz record. You know, it's, it's, it's new, it's new to me. So uh, I, I found that's probably my favorite. Uh, I said my favorite jazz album of the of the of the year so far. But um, yeah, nice. No, yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's it's interesting you mention him. Well, um. You already you well you already uh, answered my next question, which was uh, what you got going on after <laughs> after yeah. this. You practically gave me a whole year plan. Um, so uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I'd my penultimate question. Um, I'm trying to make a thing now. Is uh, what are you listening to at the moment? What's your what's your day to day listen? What's on the regular rotation? Oh wow. Um, well, considering uh, on the weekend I did a slew of um, freestyles. They came from literally going through SoundCloud and going down that rabbit hole of just clicking on one artist. Um, and I think it was basically a tribute to Dilla. And then I'm just going down this path of just like this this Dilla-inspired, jazzy uh, hip-hop stuff. Yeah. And um, it was just incredible. So that's what's literally been on rotation, but... To say a few names that I've 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 enjoyed recently. Um, uh, ooh, I don't know. I mean Moses Boyd's album. Uh, I, I love that song "Stranger Than Fiction" because I think that's the one. Talking about garage, that's the one to uh, to me. I heard the garage fusion yeah. with jazz, yeah. and I and I was like, I've never heard this before. It's insane. Mm. Um, what else have I been listening to? Um, uh, my brain's literally gone blank. You don't have now, to say just, names, but yeah, it's all good. Because on the flip side, I've been listening to myself and just making new raps. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, just 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 as I said, yeah, just jazzy stuff. Um, 
Um, and that's that's about it, really. I mean, I listened to the weekend yesterday, yeah. but, and I see he's channeling that eighties vibe. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Like you know, he's 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 very good at reinventing himself. Mm. So I appreciate that side, but it's not. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna listen to it again anytime soon. Okay. But it's nice to tune in. But yeah, uh, generally, I, I guess yeah, just in the sense of even my direction, it's just anything that's interesting fusing. Uh, jazz, um, uh, uh, West African culture, and 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 words that are meaningful. So even like now, I'm thinking a bit more. Like D Smoke, <coughs> D Smoke's album um, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Rhapsody, even as well. Yeah. Uh, she even like the fact that she even named every track after uh, a woman that's empowered her. Um, so I think it was like one track's called. Tyra Banks or just Tyra. Yeah, Tyra, um, Nina, one, one Michelle, Nina Simone, yeah. like Maya Afini. Angelou, yeah, like man. yeah, all the all like it's, you know a combination of you know hearing you know sounds that resonate with me. Like so, the last show I went to was Steam Down and it was insane. To just uh, rappers being very smart with how they conceptualize their albums, you know, I, I'm I'm a sponge to all of that good stuff. So alright, fair enough. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, good show, good show. Alright. So I'd like to finish every interview with um, asking what is your top five. Now, um, I always like to give kind of a stipulation. Well, a stipulation that's the stipulation is whatever you want, basically. Um, it's mm-hmm. your top five, so you can do what you want with it. You could play fast and loose. Um doesn't have to be about music, but uh, regardless of that, it's your top five, so you do what you want with it. So with that said, on the spots... <laughs> Top five. What is your top wow. five? I was literally, I was literally gonna pick, p- p- like, pull out my Spotify and like just look through a few <laughs> albums, but without cheating, top five. Um, What's hitting the soul? Well, well, What's the soul saying? I, I would say, just, just, just what my intuition says. So, Reasonable Doubt by Jay Z, yeah, was the first album that I was like. Insane. So we're doing top five albums, um, yeah. I'm just gonna do just, uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna say whatever. Um, <laughs> Then we're gonna move over to films. Okay, right. We're I going would say, right, cool. Uh, I would say um, Memento was quite mind blowing. Um, um, as we're still on a film flex, I say when I was a teenager, I loved um, Requiem for a Dream. I was blown away by just the the. It, was just, it just felt powerful. Um, I, I think I think I'm quite into like. Not shock value for shock value's sake, because um, that's not how I do my music. But just the the visceralness of that film was just nothing that I've seen before in cinema. Right. Um, uh, let's take it to books now. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of Alchemist right now. I mean, it's not my favorite book necessarily. My favorite book I can't pronounce right now unless I go to my bookshelf. <laughs> but Alchemist was was good to read I, I loved I loved the story and the, and, and the messages within that uh, and then my uh, let's take it back to music uh, an album that would inform uh, the direction of Wake Me Up When I Get Home I would say is actually this album wasn't out at the time but I'm just going to mention them anyway Saba care for me yeah good album um and just the way he goes about articulating 
you know, the way he looks at depression and stress and stuff is 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 inspiring and incredible. And um, that's in my own way. I'm just what I'm trying to do with my mm. thing. Um, because yeah, that album, in a way, if you really peep what he's saying, you could look at it as dark. But because he's so melodic and he's just so the way he articulates himself is so like just just good like you don't even look at it like that it's almost like celebration within the darkness yeah. it's just, but yeah like that's one of my favorite albums actually so uh, modern modern albums good show so yeah is that all for- oh i want to do a sip because now you're making me think <laughs> even more come on to pimp a butterfly is there insane. it is there we go it's absolutely <laughs> insane so, yes yeah, sir yes sir <laughs> man album man yeah, i'll tell you I'll tell you, man. I can guess the album all day. Unbelievable. Um, all right, yeah, man. That's a great top five. Uh, very, very wide ranging. Very interesting. And uh, man, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's ne- nearly, nearly two hours. Nearly cracked it, but uh, we got, we got there in the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's been super rewarding. Um, yeah, safe G. Like when it's when it's online, obviously share with me. I'll share it across everywhere. Um, because, yeah, we got through a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, these conversations, uh, it's, it's the reason why I have these conversations, honestly, because, like, you know, the more detail a person gives, like, the just the better picture is painted, I feel. Mm. And, um, yeah, man, it's a pretty freaking good picture from your side. So I will give you, I will, <laughs> I will, I will give you Safe, that, man. man. So, yeah, uh, shout out to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. And props to the interviewer. Come on, that's 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 the catalyst of what draws the energy out. Everyone knows that. Sure, why not? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, save you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation, all of it now, with Mr. Rick Flo. Um, it's, it's, the whole conversation was obviously very fascinating from a personal and uh, professional perspective. Um, the one thing I got out of that, um, the one top thing, obviously I've got a lot of things out of that, but uh, for a 12-hour interview, I better get a lot of shit out of it. But uh, the one thing I got out of that, the one thing I like to take, um, to leave with, um, I guess it pertains to this episode... Uh, and this interview uh, two-parter is that creativity is like living, breathing, and I don't know about you guys if you are, you know, a creative or, you know, you consider yourself a creative person or you work in creative stuff, and I always, I think personally, I try, I always, not always, but I sometimes forget that. Um, sometimes I have an idea in my head and I try really hard to, you know, wrangle it and make it exactly what I first thought about it. You know, you, you know I didn't, I don't, I don't let it evolve, so to speak. But at the same time, it takes me a while to think about, even, even actually, even after I have finished the piece of work right I constantly think about it um pretty much everything I've made so far you know from either writing or podcasting or whatever I always I'm always thinking about it you know I'm always it's always marinating in my head and um you know I, I think I think 
But that said, you know, I was saying to like the podcast and that, obviously I swiveled and now this is an interview podcast now at this moment in time, uh, maybe for the short term, long term, who knows at this point. And I guess that's a facet of, you know, a creative work swiveling and evolving. Um, but I feel like sometimes when I put something down on paper, it has to have the essence of what that first draft was. And uh, it reminds me of a conversation I had with an author when I was in sixth form. So this is about five, six years ago now. Um, he was, he told me that even him, you know, an accomplished author, TV writer, um, some of his drafts have gone into like, you know, double digits. You know, I think, he, I think the number he gave me was like 50 or something like that, 40, 50. And I was like, fuck, a 50, a 50. 50th draft are you mad <laughs> that's fucking unheard of. no no I'm not doing that um so and and sometimes that's what it takes sometimes that's what it takes for something to be good and uh um I feel like that's something that I part of the reason why I can't sometimes wrap my head around you know music creation because you can't change it um when I write a script I can change it however I like <laughs> Yeah, you know, until, you know, someday it gets made, hopefully, but until then, I can constantly think about it, I can constantly tinker with it, ding, 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 I can constantly, you know, like I said, marinate on it, but um, I feel like for someone that is either, you know, part of a major label and have, like, an album deal, whatever, they have to, they have to churn it out, and they have a deadline, and when it's done, it's done, they can't change it, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting dynamic, and uh, I think in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it it chops and changes, but that's just the way I like to. That's just the way I like to think about it. And, and the one thing that I take away from this interview, amongst amongst all of that, <laughs> but yeah, let me know what you guys uh, took from that interview. Um, of course, um, hit me up wherever you want to hit me up. Uh, but apart from that, thank you to Rick Flow once again for the time. It was amazing, uh, very rewarding as always. And uh, yeah, from the Fifth Home Podcast Network, I've been Chaitay, and it's been what's good music throughout these two parts. Throughout these two episodes have been Baxter by Brock Berrigan and Pear by B-Side. You can find both of them uh, both of them tunes via Bandcamp in the links below. Thanks to Child Records for the ability to use this music. You can also find their uh, Bandcamp page in the link in the description below. And that's pretty much it. Have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. I shall always, always try and do the same. And until next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.